Good morning. Welcome to the Cone Zone. We're the Cones, Lowell Cone, Grant Cone. Got a lot of topics today, so we're not going to have a big intro. We already have two questions. Start with them. Rob says, Lowell, have you ever crossed paths with Peter King, two of the greatest sports columnists? Happy Tuesday, fellas. I've met him down at the 49ers from time to time, and he's a very nice man. Steven Souza, thank you very much. David Trinidad, Lowell, what question would you ask Kyle that would uh, tick him off immensely about the loss? <laughs> oh, I know exactly what I would ask. What did you say to your defensive coordinator on the way back on the plane? Yep, that'd be nice to know. We're going to get to well, the defensive coordinator. And then he, if he says, I didn't talk to him on the plane. That's how, you know, have you talked to him? Do you plan to talk to him? What's on your mind? That's what yeah. I would ask. Yeah, I'd like to know. We're going to talk about Steve Wilkes, Nick Bosa, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, and the upcoming game. But let's start with big picture. What's wrong <laughs> What's wrong with the 49ers? They were 5-0. and Everyone said they were by far the best team in the league. A juggernaut. The likes of which we haven't seen in the salary cap era. And then they lost to back-to-back -back teams that had losing records and were missing their best players. What is going on? What's wrong here? Okay. I'm not entirely sure. But let's say we can agree that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. I've been reading articles all morning and they get quotes from the players saying, oh, it's, it's okay. It's a learning experience. Baloney. They're not in there to learn. This isn't college. They're there to win and they're paid to win. And then, and they went against two mediocre teams and got handled. They got handled. Now the guy mm -hmm. missed the field goal in Cleveland, but the point is they haven't done that well. So there is something wrong in that locker room. There is something wrong the way Kyle is managing his team. There is something wrong the way the defensive coordinator is managing his guys. And I find it very annoying that someone like Armstead, who people go to him as if he has some wisdom, uh, talking about Purdy, it's a learning experience. It's not a learning experience. If No, it's an experience that he has to succeed in. The learning experience, if he doesn't succeed, he won't have the job. That's the learning experience. It's not like Kyle is goes, oh, don't worry about it, Brock. You're such a nice young man. You know, you can continue to lose games for me, but I'm not going to lose faith in you. That's not how it works. It's a very arrogant mindset. Like, it's a learning experience for us and for Brock. You don't have, you don't have those opportunities. You, you're not so good that you can give away a game and chalk it up to a learning experience or last no. week you can give away a game to the Browns and chalk it up to, Oh, we needed a good loss so that we could refocus. It doesn't work that way. And it's like, to me, the overriding attitude that defines this team under Kyle Shanahan is arrogance. It's a very arrogant team. It's the most arrogant team that's never won a championship. They've been together a say long that. time. They have no it's humility. The most arrogant team that's never produced. And even on the broadcast last night, um, they were going on, Troy Aikman, about, you know, how great John Lynch is. I'm sure John Lynch is very good. And you'd think they put together the Green Bay Packers from the old days. They haven't won anything. And as you pointed out when we were having coffee, um, they were praising them while they were losing the game. Right. About, about their roster. They were praising them while yeah. they were losing the game. This is yeah. whole myth about the 49ers that you and I have bought into a little bit too, that maybe this team, people were saying, maybe they'd go 17 and 0. Oh, really? And I think we were saying, maybe we ought to tap the brakes on that. We said it before the Cleveland game. Right. I've seen how this league works. Yeah, it's like they acted that, like because they blew out Dallas, that that proved they were by far the best team in the league. And they could just sort of sleepwalk through the rest of the, the schedule. I mean, they didn't take the last two games seriously. They just lost to teams that had no business winning. And Hufunga, so after if, after they yeah. lost to Cleveland, said, this is, I think, a direct quote, it was almost a good loss. Well, I got to tell you, when I started being a sports writer many decades ago, I was talking to Joe Morgan after, after the Giants got beat in a game. And I said, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, this is a good loss. I think he wanted to slap my face. He said, Lowell, there is no such thing as a good loss. Don't ever say that again. That's yeah. not how athletes think. Apparently, the 49ers think that way. Now, Joe Morgan was a Hall of Fame baseball player. But apparently, you know, Eric Armstead and the others think, you know, and, and Hafunga think, oh, and uh, and number 44, 
said, we needed a, a game like this. No, you don't. You need to win games like that. You, you don't get anything from losing games like that. You learn in, in training camp. Agree. It just feels like this team is more hungry for hungrier for media validation than an actual championship. As soon as people say the Niners are the best team in the league, they believe it. And it's like Jed York gave all these people, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, extensions after three games, four games. It's it's it, that's the whole mindset of this team. Like there's no humility. And now instead of starting slow and finishing fast, they started fast and they're finishing. I don't know. It seems like they peaked in September. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, Jed is impetuous after three games. He gives them extensions. Hey dude, there's 14 more games. Do you, can you see the future? What was your hurry? What was his hurry? Um, I, I, I don't get it. So yeah, there's something wrong with this team. There is. And yeah. I think now I want to praise Shanahan. The players give you a lot of baloney about it's a good loss. We learned he never does that. No. Now he did. I think he said about the kicker that when he missed, you know, he was learning or was, I think he did, but I didn't hear any of that last night saying it's a good loss. In fact, I'm not in the room. I was at home. Shanahan looked uh, very serious. Yeah. Somber. Mm -hmm. Deflated. Iggy. Yeah. He looked yeah. deflated to me. He didn't expect yeah. to lose. He didn't really know how he lost. And it, and it was like he had to reorganize all the furniture in his mind to understand what was going on. Yeah. I mean, what's going on is that this team is not who we thought they were. And this team is not who they thought they were. That's they talk the too much. They, they, they get in all these little... When they lose, they, they they they're all experts about it. Okay, this is why it's not that big of a deal. We needed this loss. It's it's okay. Like, stop talking. And they get in all these feuds with players on other teams, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Like, just focus on the next game. If you guys do that, put your full focus on the next game, you might start winning again. But right now, you look like a team that doesn't have its priorities straight and is kind of is in big time denial about who you are. And also, Iggy. He say, oh, they only lost two in a row. Well, two in a row. I'm not good at math. That's In 17 games, it's like losing 30 or 40 games in a row in baseball. It's a trend. One is a one-off. One loss is a one-off. Yeah. Two in a row to an inferior opponent that can run on you, that can pass on you, that you can't put any pressure on. I was watching the game. Now you got a trend. Now you yeah, got a trend. No and and Cincinnati, believe me, is going to be, well, you know, they're going to be looking at those tapes or whatever they now it's on their computers. Say, look at this guy. Look at this. Look at this. We can do this. Cleveland did this. Why can't we? That's what's going to happen. It is. Andy 707 says, get rid of that damn boom box. What does that mean? You know that boom box that they come out to, uh, that they walk out on the field with? It's a bad look. It's another arrogant look. Just focus on stop all that extra stuff and focus on the game because you might be the best team if you do that. Professor Lawless has been a member for 18 months. Thank you. Frank Tom Ocean has been a member for seven months. Thank you. HR says, What's wrong with uh, what's wrong is Kyle views players as interchangeable? He piles carries on CMC late in decided games and they break down. I would have to agree a hundred percent. Jason Lutz says, Wilkes D doesn't work with the wide nine change coming. Possible. Bay Area Baller 18, member for 26 months. Thank you so much. Uh, Professor Lawless, so it uh, was it that BP reminded people of Joe, or did they mean Jimmy? Defense was horrible again. Haven't been sold on Brock Purdy, but he is still better than Jimmy. Riziki I, I would the, have to agree. Riziki says the Niners talk more than the Chiefs. They do. Yeah, but what did the so, Chiefs ever accomplish? <laughs> Talking Head says, if I built a computer after seven years and it runs pretty well, but the same issues continue to arise and I probably built it wrong in some fundamental way, the Niners should have got the quarterback and offensive line first. I agree. Brainbow says, do they make a big time move up? Uh, do they make a big time move to make up for this? Um, they might need to. Uh, they may need to. Not sure what it is. Fish and Chip says, Kyle, don't get fired. Shanahan, grill him, Grant. Okay. Flav says, maybe Kyle Shanahan will learn when your quarterback is averaging 10 yards per pass and you're down nine in the second half. You should let him keep throwing instead of continuing to run your scripted plays you thought of four days before. Kyle's fault. 
Michael Silver says, hey, Lowell, any cool stories of Pat Summerall and John Madden when they would come in to do Niners games during your time covering the team? You know, that's a good question. Um, in the press box, we would never really interact with the TV guys. It, it, they were in a different place. It, you don't interact with them. I would say I knew Madden and what we had in common. Madden was a real boxing fan and he knew boxing very well. So did Bill Walsh. And Madden and I would sometimes talk on the phone about boxing, especially when um, Ray Leonard beat Marvin Hagler. Um, we were both amazed at, at how unprepared Hagler was for Ray Leonard. David Butler, I'm so tired of the way they celebrate and dance even when they're losing. The way Kittle looks for a camera all the time, even on the field, uh, all the all the all the trash is Kyle scared to say something. Well, yeah. I agree. Um, it's true. Kittle is very aware of where the cameras are. Always. Jason Lutt says SF will be dangerous if they fix <laughs> offense, defense, special team, and coaches. That's funny. I have a bit of a cold, guys. So if I cough, please bear with me. Ant-Man Felix has, member for 14, has been a member for 14 months. Ethan M says Bosa called out Wilkes. Biggest issue this year has been coaching by far. Wilkes seems to hurt the defense, and Kyle is still making the same mistakes. What did Bosa say? I'm not sure. I, I gotta go check it out. I wasn't there. Riziki says, imagine a chef who was given all the ingredients, kitchen equipment, and has countless creative recipes, but burns every meal he makes as Kyle. Sean O'Leary says, I was at the game last night. Moody Ward was worse than his numbers. He had at least two more non-called PIs. D was in soft zones most of the game. No pass rush, just unrecognizable. This team needs a corner ASAP. Maybe they'll get one. Traverse Ward was terrible. Thanks for the 20 bucks. Uh, this guy says, too early to give up on Brock Purdy. Hurts having a bad season. I'm not giving up on Brock Purdy. Let's talk about Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes is a problem. <laughs> he might be the biggest problem on the team. His blitz on third down was 16 seconds left in the first half. The Vikings had no timeouts. There were 16 seconds left in the half. And Steve Wilkes found a way to give up a touchdown. Apparently it was the first time since week 11 of the 2020 season that any team ran a seven man blitz with fewer than 30 seconds left in a half on the opponent side of the 50. So like what he did was a major, major no, no for play callers. And he did it anyway. And now he's under fire. What do you think of Steve Wilkes? I'd like to come to Whitner. Dante Whitner was talking about him after the game on um, NBC sports Bay area. Dante Whitner is a really good analyst. Iggy. Mm -hmm. He's a good guy too. Yeah. To, from what I know about him. Anyway, he, he, he was appalled by what Wilkes had done. And he, mm -hmm. what brought up, a, I thought a brilliant, brilliant point. He said, when he used to play for Fangio, they'd be in a situation and Fangio say, would say, what is our objective now? What do we want to accomplish now? Well, in mm -hmm. 16 seconds left, the, what you want to accomplish is that these other guys don't score. So maybe you have all kind of defensive backs and challenge the pass or all of that, as opposed to leaving yourself naked in the back. And yeah. so I, he, he kept coming back to that. And so did Troy Aikman, that these are two bright football guys who felt that Wilkes misjudged the situation and had very bad judgment. That We never heard that about Salah or D'Amico Ryans. No. Suddenly this defense ranks eighth in the league. It was number one last year. It's not particularly good against the run. Uh, it's not particularly good against the pass. Like this defense is becoming me like ordinary and it's way too, it's too expensive. There's too much invested in this defense for it to be ordinary. It's easy to look at Steve Wilkes and maybe it's because it's not his scheme. He's not invested in it. Maybe he's not that good, but maybe the Niners should have just gotten Vic Fangio like uh, the Dolphins did. Yeah. Maybe so, but I'll tell you again, Kyle uh, is very um, discreet. Um, he won't tell you what's going on behind closed doors, but I've been around a lot of football teams, Iggy. My guess is he's had words with Wilkes or he will later today. And he's going to tell him, I'm not happy with what you're doing. Um, <laughs> and if Kyle doesn't do that, I would be very disappointed in Kyle. It's not a popularity contest. You need someone who produces, just like you need a quarterback who produces. This defensive coordinator is a downgrade from the, from the previous two. 
That's very serious. Now, I don't know what Bosa said, but if Bosa said something, now already you, you got a rebellion in the ranks. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Because, I mean, if Dante Whitner sees stuff, don't you think the, play, think the players see stuff? Yeah. Don't you think Fred Warner sees stuff? Yeah. They're not automatons. They're very bright men. And they, yeah. they knew what the other system was. And all of a sudden, they really couldn't get to Kirk Cousins last night. Let's talk about kind, that. It was a joke. Yeah. And that's on. So, Wilkes, you got really high paid pass rushers. There was no way that you could rush four of them and get them to Kirk Cousins. There was no, you know, you, you could do the straight four man rush or you could have guys going in different re- directions on stunts and games. Nothing, nothing worked. Then you tried rushing five. Blitzen was six. Blitzen was seven. Nothing worked. I don't know what to tell you, man. You got good players. These are your plays. And nothing's working. Kyle might need to go to someone else at this point. Because with all this talent, D'Amico Ryans had a bunch of stuff that worked. Robert Sala had a bunch of stuff that worked. And this guy can't figure out a way to get to the quarterback with all this talent. Really? He's like a bear with-, with these claws. And he can't figure out how to get how to kill the bunny. And here's the thing, Iggy. Again, I am not, I don't know, Kyle, but if they continue to have performances like this, he might get rid of them midseason. Now, if he gets back on track and they have a terrific, you know, if they really beat Cincinnati and if, you know, they're really good, then it's a moot point. It doesn't matter. But if they have another game like this, I don't, I mean, I don't think Bill Walsh would have been patient. What, what for? It's not a learning experience. You're there to win games. Yeah. What is Wilkes adding? I mean, I was surprised they didn't promote someone from within. That's what they did when they lost Robert Sala. D'Amico Ryans was here and had sort of been groomed by Robert Sala and could keep doing the same stuff. The Niners brought in Steve Wilkes and they were like, just talk to the position coaches. They'll tell you what to do. We want to keep doing what we're doing, but we're bringing you in and you have no background with the wide nine, but you will will run this. So it's like, he's not as invested. He He has no ownership over it. At the end, if Kyle were to come up to him after the game in the, in the plane on the ride home, so what the hell, Steve? Steve can say, man, I'm just doing what you told me to do. Uh, and that's not what you want. You want someone who's actually invested in what they're doing. So maybe they could, maybe there's someone else on the squad they could elevate that's been there since D'Amico Ryans. How could he be worse than Steve Wilkes? So what we're saying, Iggy, is that Steve Wilkes is on the cusp of being vulnerable. Yes, he absolutely is. He absolutely is. So I think a lot of people on this team are on the cusp of being vulnerable. I think this next game going into the bye week is huge for a few people, starting with him. Antonio Espindola says the main problem is freaking ego coaching. Stems from that. That's where the ego comes from. Mike drops with Bonsa says, Wilkes is fine. He's not giving up a ton of points. Offense isn't scoring. Sam Darnold loading. Lose three straight. He's starting. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Cheating Tierra, five bucks. Flav says, it's Brock's fault, but Kyle Shannon does this every year. Never actually trusts his quarterback, even when it's clear their D can't hang with our wide receivers. Then shocked his quarterback has no confidence and chokes in the playoffs every year. This kid didn't wait to the playoffs to choke. He's choked the last two weeks. That's right. Riziki says, Bosa said that they are usually a rush four kind of team when asked about the blitz calls. Feel better, Mr. Cone. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Bosa. What happened to this guy? He was a machine the first four years of his career. He missed one year with a torn ACL, but the other three years, he was a machine. He was pretty much getting like a sack a game. Now he's making $35 million a year, which is more than a lot of good quarterbacks make. And so far through seven games, he has two and a half sacks. And last night he had none. Iggy, last night you could watch the game and not even notice him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. This to me is like maybe an even bigger deal than Steve Wilkes. Like Steve Wilkes, okay, maybe he's not the greatest defensive coordinator, but Nick Bosa is getting paid like a quarterback. He's supposed to be the best player on the team. He's supposed to be leading them to victory every week like a quarterback would. He's that important. And through seven games, he's like Eric Armstead now, the kind of guy who like people will swear that he's playing well against the run and doing his job, but he's just not sacking the quarterback, which is what they're paying him to do. And then you can't help but remember the fact that he missed all of the offseason. 
that's what I was going to say. I think he's trying. I don't think he's a ne'er-do-well. I think mm-hmm. his, his heart's in the right place, but he wasn't with the team. Who knows what was going on? He didn't have um, contact. Uh, I think he came in unprepared. Now, he may catch up at some point, but he's not the player he was last season. Mm-mm. No. No. He's not. And again, I'd like to come back to Armstead a minute because he, he's a guy they quote a lot. He's he's very um, verbal and he, he quote a lot. Iggy, did you notice him in the game last night? Armstead? No. no. I didn't notice him. What does he do? He has, half he has a, a sack ha- in the last two seasons. Half a sack in the last two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. You see, there are certain guys on the team I don't think should talk so much. Yeah. He's one. I think he needs to let his play speak for itself, and he needs to upgrade that. I do. Kittle can talk because he's a great player. He had a really good game last night. He's a Mm -hmm. tough guy, and you could see the blocks. I mean, he's really a player. This Mm -hmm. other one? I I, I don't – he he and Bosa and Hargrave, there's a lot of money in these guys. Yeah. And they didn't do jack last night. No. Again, is Steve Wilkes the biggest problem with this defense, or is it Nick Bosa not being Nick Bosa anymore? He wasn't here all offseason. I mean, there's only so much Steve Wilkes can do. He could be better, but how how good would D'Amico Ryans be doing right now with Nick Bosa over here? I'm not saying he's going through the motions, but he's a shell of of his former self. How well? I think yeah. D'Amico wouldn't have uh, blitzed with 16 seconds left. No, No. it's like. what do I want to say? It's a fundamental error. It's an mm-hmm. egregious error, what he made. And it makes you wonder, what else is this guy not understanding? What else is he not getting right? Right. Yeah. Because really, I mean, that touchdown never should have happened. They were on their yeah. own side of the field. They should have had no points in those 16 seconds. They got – did they miss the extra point? I don't remember. They got six or seven that they shouldn't have had. They won by five. That was the game. Yeah. That one blunder that like no other coordinator would make cost him the game, essentially. That's why. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. We, we were trying to talk about Nick Bosa for a second. And I know from your perspective, it's tough. He's not what he used to be and he wasn't there and you couldn't prepare. But when he did that, Troy Aikman was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Troy Aikman immediately started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. He was, and what I want to say, Troy Aikman's bright, UCLA, um, and he was a quarterback when he wants to, which is not all the time, he can analyze things. And he was appalled at what Wilkes did. Would you agree with that verb? He was appalled. Appalled. He talked about it before uh, halftime and after. He yeah. came back to it. He's like, he can we just he talk couldn't get time? over it. Yeah. Couldn't get over How it. How did you just give them six points? Yeah. The post says Coach Walsh said champions behave like champions because before they're champions. This team acts like they've won two rings. They've won nothing. I'm with you. Yeah. VS says they thought they were bullies. Cleveland broke. Niners got punched in the mouth, and they can't deal with it. No one's scared of them. There may be something like that. And I love the boxing analogy because I was saying to Iggy earlier today, that there's certain boxers who do well, but all of a sudden they get clipped in the jaw and they have a glass jaw, and that's it. Right now, the Niners have a glass jaw. This person with a lot of letters says, had time to think it over. No one had issues with Wilkes play calling first five games. They won. Bosa and Hargrave make too much money to not win their one-on-one matchups. Bosa needs to look in the mirror. I would think they all need to look in the mirror right now. T. Moss says, don't understand why Mason got zero touches. Real talk on Hood. I don't understand that at all. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Jesse Ramos says, hey, Grant, I want to know what your father thinks about Canelo the boxer. I love him. I, I I think he's really gifted, really a tough guy, and he hits hard. Now, he lost to Mayweather. Everybody loses to Mayweather. Mayweather is – I won't do boxing long. Mayweather is very gifted. He is a stinker. He's not in interesting fights. He, he runs around, and he's very good at defense, and you can't hit him, and he pops you a little bit, and he, it doesn't really yeah. hurt you very much. So he was probably too skillful for Canelo, but I'd, I'd pay to watch Canelo, not uh, Mayweather. Armstead been MIA since the Packers playoff game. That was a long time ago. Having said all that, says Flav Niners minus five is a lock this week. Book it sweeties. We're going to talk about that. Golden laser beams says Stephen A. Smith said since Kyle took over in 2017, Niners are 0 and 29 when trailing five or more points in the fourth quarter. 
Hold on. Uh, Stephen A. Smith said that. Did he create that or did some producer gave him it to say? (laughs) Probably a producer. David Sewer, member for 12 months. Thank you. Fish and Chips. Wilkes lost us the momentum game changer. Tony Nagatani says Brock is okay. His center right guard, right tackle or not. Can Jalen Moore play right tackle? Also, the defense isn't capitalizing on meaningful meaningful pressure over the last two games. I.e. they can't get to the quarterback and don't have a clue. That's what we mean. Let's talk straight English. Yeah, filthy gent seems like seems like so much of the game plan is spent on CMC getting touchdowns. They are successful in that, but beyond that, winning seems secondary. Well, they certainly um, are running that kid into the ground. And um, I, I like uh, somebody said on the broadcast when he when he gave up the ball in the first quarter. Oh, we don't know if it was the oblique or not. Who cares? He gave up Who the cares? ball, and if he yeah. couldn't carry it, they should have had another guy in there. Right. Damian Jasso says, Grant, what the hell happened to this team? Where was Bosa? Where was Armstead? Where was Hargrave? This secondary is an embarrassment. Iggy, is the secondary an embarrassment? Traverius Ward, what happened on that 60-yard touchdown? From Steve Wilkes' perspective, like, man, Traverius, that hit you in the chest. If you had just caught the ball, I wouldn't be under fire right now, Traverius. Thank you. Let's talk about the offense for a second, though. Dad. What happened to Kyle Shanahan's creativity? It seems like this year he's had one idea, and it's give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And now that that's not working anywhere, anymore, they can't score more than 17 points. Right, right. Everybody, again, Aikman was saying, he's the, just about the most brilliant play caller in the league. Kyle is about the most brilliant. And, you know, he maybe he's brilliant when he has the best players, the best skill players at every position. You know, you don't always have those people. Jerry Rice got hurt. (laughs) People get hurt. And what do you do then? The the test of of a great offensive mind. What do you do when one of your weapons gets hurt? Debo Samuel wasn't there, but he had Christian McCaffrey, and he overused him as usual. And and aside from that really, you know, nice run, he wasn't really doing that well, Biggie. Um, What was it, at 1.2.7 yards a carry? Yeah. I mean, he, he looks... He looks exhausted, and, you know, he's not a big guy. And I think the hits that he takes, especially going up the middle, if he continues to take that kind of punishment, he will be nothing in the playoffs. I'll tell you that right now. He's nothing right now. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle, it's like he's he's – beats a dead horse i got christian mccaffrey i won't give the other guys any other uh, running backs any other chances and you know one reason why he won't give the other guys because he has the offense geared a certain way for christian mccaffrey you know the outside zone whatever let's say mason he's a different kind of runner he probably can't do the things that christian can do but he can do other things. Mm-hmm. And so a creative coach, a really creative coach, and I wonder about Kyle, would say, I got a package for uh, Mason. Yeah, I want this other guy to come out. We've practiced this. I want to give him 10 carries a game. And they'll yeah. be different from Christian plays. Kyle doesn't do that. He says, Mason doesn't run Christian's plays as well. I'm going to keep with Christian, no, dude, you have another package for this running back. Isn't that true? I would think so. He's averaging 5.6 yards per carry, by far the best on the team, and you can't give him any carries. You gave the ball to Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. I forgot his name. Before you gave – he didn't give him to Mason at all. So with Christian McCaffrey, they like running outside to the left. You see it all the time because they got Trent Williams over there, and he's great. Well, that didn't work in this game because Trent Williams was out. All they could really try to do was run up the middle. Why would you not do that with Jordan Mason? That's he what might he's be more effective. At. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, he would be more effective. Yeah. So what we're seeing with Kyle, again, he's creative when he has everything going his way. Yeah. But when things are not going his way, he can't figure out how to incorporate other people who have different skills but have skills. Yeah, that's that's a shortcoming. And it's I, a serious shortcoming. Before the game, I forget who did the pregame show, but they were saying, you know, why, why they were picking the Niners to win. You know that they're a little shorthanded, but no one in the league 
is more creative and better at scheming up a game plan without some of their best, some of his best players than Kyle Shanahan. And I was thinking, really? Yeah. Like he had to trade for Christian McCaffrey last year because that offense that has a lot of talent was putting up like 19 points per game without McCaffrey. And ever since they got McCaffrey, they've been scoring a lot, but it's been mostly because of him. And now he's not himself. And look at him now. They're, they've scored 34 in the last two games. And, you know, the thing with Kyle, there's the truth about Kyle. He struggles when he doesn't have McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And there's the mythology. He's the greatest mm-hmm. play designer in the league, and he mm-hmm. can overcome anything. But he didn't the last two weeks. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. he. No. In fact, Iggy, I looked at him when they flashed on him on the sideline. He looked perturbed. He yeah. looked confused. It's yeah. like it was like this isn't supposed to happen, and I don't have Mm-mm. the slightest idea what to do about it. You look at that last week too. Yes. Yeah. So easy for so long. Wave nine says, didn't D'Amico give up thirty points to Carson Wentz, Colts week seven, twenty twenty one? People were saying fire D'Amico. Then BP plays horrendous hero ball. We'll talk about Brock Purdy in a second. CMC fumbled two weeks a row, two weeks in a row in the red zone. Ethan M says Brock is the least concerning issue, which is funny. I don't think he's the least concerning issue. I disagree I with the statement. That. Jay Morris says, Grant, your dad is the king of beat writing, baby, and you are you are on your way to be next. My dad's a columnist. I was I was never a beat writer. I was a columnist. Austin Smith says, Grant, you not being at the at the game seems to be jinxing the team. Can you not miss any more games? You're the MVP. <laughs> They're gonna have to pay me now. My my worth has been established. Anoop says def, uh, defensive personnel used to, Use is a problem. Gibson is too slow and done. Play Jair Brown can't cover speed wide receivers. Jalen Graham Burks trade for a cornerback and a defensive tackle. Thank you, Anu. Augustine says, what's the panic about? Niners were three and four last season. Five and two is better than that. Ah, hold on. They started off slow and they came on strong. This year they started off strong and they're slowing down. It's really different. They're supposed to be hitting their stride now. And what they're doing is falling on their face two weeks in a row to inferior teams. Mm -hmm. Going nowhere. Tax break. (laughs) Said, I feel a lot better if we had Lance in that two instead of Darnold right now. Oh, get ready. Me too. Damian Jasso says, Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shannon got shut down and exposed. And we call this a Super Bowl ready team. We don't. I don't. Talking Head says, Kyle uses CMC like the Panthers did, which was a team that had no other stars. Know what happened to CMC in Carolina hurt all the time. All the time. Kyle had a Trey Lance package, and we all know how that went. Carabell Tedeschi says, Eagles making moves like the Rams in 2021-22. Why can't the Niners do the same with the salary cap they got? Maybe they will. Edward Willis says, Warner and Greenlaw look banged up. Are they okay? Yeah. Greenlaw looked like he was a step slow with that hamstring injury, and Warner was really in pain after something. But he came, went back in the game. Guys, relax. We're still number one in the division. Losses happen, says MM forever. MM4 forever. Okay. I'm relaxed. Kyle needs an OC, says Cosmo. Raziki says CMC is a great player, but Kyle is treating him like he's LaDainian Tomlinson. He's no LaDainian. CMC needs to be the lead in a running back rotation. Mason seems to be a nice compliment to CMC. I agree. Okay. Brock Purdy. Dad, a couple weeks ago, I asked you what Brock Purdy and Joe Montana have in common, and you respectfully didn't roll your eyes. You actually answered the question and took it seriously. Now tell me, what Brock Purdy and Joe Montana don't have in common. Why is Brock not the next Joe? Okay. Joe was a winner. Joe was the kind of quarterback, if the game was close and they were behind, it was never over. He was so precise, so calm. Um, He he owned the game. Mm -hmm. This kid, he doesn't have that. He's not calm. You, you, did you see his face yesterday? In addition, he failed. He didn't lose Brock Purdy. He failed. He had two chances to win the game. Mm-hmm. And he threw picks on the last two series. Joe didn't do things like that. Steve didn't mm-hmm. do things like that. So it's not that he they went four and out. He gave away the game twice. He gave it away, and then he got another chance, and he gave it away again. Joe didn't do things like that. And here's the thing. His line wasn't that bad. I think he had a 102 passer rating. Who cares? He gave away the game. Uh, Iggy and I always talk about the crisis moment. Last night, he had two crisis moments where he could have won the game. 
He was not up to it either time. And again, I wasn't at the game, but what I saw, the passes that Kyle asked him to throw were not that difficult. It's not yeah. like you could say Kyle asked too much of him. I didn't think he did. I think they were well within his capability and he, and he blew it. Um, I don't know why he blew it. I don't know what goes on his mind on in his mind. Joe Montana didn't do things like that. I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, and this I got from a friend of mine. It's, it's not my thought. Um, a former coach. <clears throat> Brock Purdy is great at attacking zone defenses. Um, Iggy said once the not to me, once the Niners do all that shifting and motion and all that, and now he's ready to get the ball Purdy. He probably knows if he's facing zone exactly where he's going to throw it right away. He's very bright, very perceptive, not so much on man to <coughs> man to man defense. And there's a difference in zone defense. There's a lot of room for inaccurate passes. Um, because the coverage is not that tight. So the catching radius is larger. You can be here, here, all over the place. Man-to-man defense, which is where Cleveland killed them, there's a guy right on you if they're yeah. good. And yeah. there is not a place all over the place, like against zone defense. You have to be like Joe throwing to Dwight Clark between the eight and the seven. And Joe did it every time. I don't know if this kid can do it. He he has a nice completion percentage. I'm not sure he's that accurate. And he has to he sure wasn't in the last two games and he has to show it. Yeah. One more thing about Brock. The arm. He had the surgery. We were so surprised at how he came back so quickly. And I think the issue the question was is it is it going to get stronger as the year goes on or the opposite? And I wonder if the opposite is happening. The last two games uh. he just hasn't looked like himself. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you didn't have a full off season. Your arm is experienced fatigue. Is this arm fatigue? Like He doesn't seem 100%. I think he told Troy Aikman he's not fully there yet. He said it. Yeah. He's gonna, yeah, I wonder if he's going to make it through the season. If he has, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But he looks like he's trending the wrong direction, and they could always blame it on the arm. Say he's having arm fatigue. And then they'll bring in Sam Darnold, who's the next Steve Young, so there wouldn't be any problem. Well, let's get right into it. What's at stake for Brock Purdy against Cincinnati? Two bad games oh. in a row. A lot of quarterbacks have two bad games in a row. But this guy was the last pick in the draft. And the last couple of weeks, he's sort of looking like the last pick in the draft. If he does that again against Cincinnati and they lose, what happens? Well, then they go into a bye week. Then mm -hmm. you really take stock. And if, let's say, he has a bad game. Now, we're doing the worst-case scenario. He may win and he may be great. Mm. But... Because of what's happened the last two games, we have to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Iggy, if he gives it up, if he fails again, mm -hmm. if he throws picks in the crisis moment, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Sam Darnold after the uh, bye week. How about you? I agree. I agree. I, feel, I, I mentioned this last week. After that one loss to the Browns, the way it happened, how bad he was, I'm saying, look, Kyle's not married to this guy. He's probably bemused at how good he is for now. But he likes Sam Darnold. He brought in Sam Darnold. His scouting department found Brock Purdy. So to me, like the way he looks at Purdy is the way he looked at Jimmy. Like I can win with you, but I kind of expect this to sort of stop at some point. And once it looked that bad against Cleveland, I felt like he's on notice. And he did it again. I even said I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan like reamed him privately. And we talked about how that kind of puts more pressure on a young guy and it's not exactly what you want to do. And then boom, he did it again. So now you got yeah. Brock Purdy pressing. Before he was so loose and so confident. Kyle loved him and it was great. But now it's like you've played two bad games in a row. You're pressing. You're losing confidence. You do it again. You know Kyle Shanahan doesn't mess around. No, I think, um, and I'm going to say this is praise. I think he's ruthless. He is. He doesn't care about uh, Purdy's feelings. I no. bet he's had some very harsh words with him. No matter what he says in the in news conferences, I bet he's had some very hard, harsh words with him and Wilkes. He has to have. I think he's ruthless, and I I admire it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, what's at stake this week against Cincinnati? Uh, they could be in a three-game losing streak. Steve Wilkes could lose his job. Brock Purdy could lose his job. Jake Moody, I mean, it seems like he's got it back on track. But he, if he, this is another couple, it's over for him. A lot of people got a lot to... A lot at stake 
this Sunday in Santa Clara against Cincinnati. That's a pretty good team. They've won two in a row. They were one team. and three. Now they're three and three. It's a team that usually and, slow, starts slow. And Iggy, they have a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I don't care. Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I think. Would you sick. agree? I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to pick that game or is that come later oh, in, in the show? We're going we're to do that in okay. a minute. Jeremy Price has question for both of you. Will this team get to 12 wins? <laughs> I don't know. Right so now, I don't, just, I don't understand them. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I'm going to say no. Jay Morris says, do you hear Troy Aikman say Brock told him his arm ain't at full health? Why yeah. would he say that to Troy? Okay. That's well, a really excuse. good question. Yeah. There's the excuse if they bench him. Kenji's a new member. Thank you very much. Silver Silverbacks, his daddy taught him system from arrow when running back won Super Bowls. That is true. Mike Shanahan. Preach Papa Cone. Preach, says Professor Lawless. Hi, Professor. Jay Morris says, did you hear Troy Aikman say Brock told him that his arm ain't fully healed? And, what would, and why would Brock say that now? I did hear that. Quincy Van Vleck says, do you think there was hesitation on turf? Bosa ended his season on turf. What effect do you think turf had on second watch? Looked like D was tiptoeing. I don't know the answer to that. That's not good. Then their own heads about it. Silverback says, Owen, 29, trailing five plus in fourth quarter. Quarterbacks win Super Bowls today. It's true. It's true, Silverback. Asian Panda 510 says contract extensions for Kyle mess everything up. Well, I think you could make that point. Ethan M says next cone phone. Uh, Saturday. I'll do one. Chris Telerico says Brock knows where he wants to go with the ball because everyone knows where he's being told to go. McCaffrey. Yeah. Don't know McCaffrey. He goes, Riziki to, says Iuk. Grant. He goes to Ayuk. Yeah. You should grow out your grow your hair out. Too short on the sides. You got nice waves. What do you think, Mr. Cone? I agree. Nice I think it's a little short. Okay. Rome Gut Level says, love you, Pops. Taking Wilkes over Fangio. Mistake? Mistake. Yes. Mistake. No question. Hey, Jesus Banda says, if the secondary gets burned again against Cincy, do we trade for a corner? Better. And those are some good wide receivers on Cincy. Let's talk about this game. Dad, you're picking Cincinnati to beat the 49ers this weekend. Why? Absolutely, I'm picking Cincinnati. My whole philosophy was I was going to pick the Niners until they lost the game. Now they've lost two games that they should have won to very mediocre teams. I'm not going to choose them again until they win. Mm -hmm. When they win, I'll start choosing. And here's my logic. Cincinnati probably is better than Minnesota and um, Cleveland. Certainly better than Cleveland. Well, Cleveland has a great defense, but their quarterback had Cleveland a Cleveland beat them week one, but that, but that was week one. Um, Cleveland beat Cincinnati. Week one, beat the crap out of them, but that was week one. And they didn't have uh, this P.J. Walker. Yeah. P.J. Walker's a game changer. Yeah. So yeah. they the Niners lost to P.J. Walker. Yeah. He wasn't there week one. No. So in any of in any event, um, I think if mediocre teams can beat the 49ers, I would say Cincinnati is high mediocre. Not low or medium mediocre. High mediocre. I don't see that the 49ers, the last two games, have been anything special. I don't bet. I don't know how that stuff works. I think Cincinnati's going to beat them. Come in here and beat them. I used to assume the Niners would win games simply because of their defense. Like last week, I was thinking Kirk Cousins, he's, he's in statue. He's going down five times. They didn't get him once. Now I'm looking at it like, I don't know if it's Steve Wilkes' fault. I don't know if it's Nick Bosa's fault. But whatever the combination is, it ain't working. And as long as they have no pressure, whether they're rushing four, five, six, or seven, the rest of their defense is going to suffer. They're not particularly good stopping the run. They're not particularly good covering. It was all about their pass rush, and it's not special anymore. So if you can make Kirk Cousins look like Peyton Manning, what's it going to look like when you face Joe Burrow and all of his wide receivers? It's, it could be bad. Who are you picking in the game? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. It's a big week for the 49ers. Eloy says, would you say Kyle Shanahan felt deeper, in, felt deeper in love with Cousins now that he brought his new toy and he was outplayed? Cousins could be their quarterback next year, Dad. He'll be a free agent. That would be interesting. 
Chris Telerico says, always makes me laugh when national folks compare anyone to Montana. A great quarterback isn't great all the time, but is great when he needs to be. That list is so short. Brock isn't even looking at that list. I agree. I love that. Marcel Wilkerson says, love you, Papa Cone. Remind me of my father. May he rest in power. Killer father-son duo. Thank you, Thank Marcel. Thank you so much, Marcel. Centennial G82 says, maybe Brock and this needs one thing to win. And it's Taylor Swift. Much love to the Cones, Ravens, Cindy, Cindy Jags, Eagles, and One Hawks. Uh, RLs, one, two, three, four, five. On top of the two they already have. All right, Dad, let's change gears for a second. We're watching a lot of football. Made some observations. A lot of times on SNF, MNF, the national games with the, I mean, really any time. Guy makes, a play happens. Someone makes a tackle. What happens next? <coughs> What happens is somebody, let's say Fred Warner makes a tackle. Wh whoever is announcing must have a piece of paper. They give you his whole order, his whole biography. He went to this and he went to school and he then he majored in this. And instead of analyzing the game, you get a yeah. series of biographies. You know, he really mean uh, Chris Conley means a lot to this team. And he came in and so you know, he made a Cause he made <laughs> one yeah. play, uh, you know, Mike Kruko, who's one of the best analysts I've ever had in my, uh, experience in my life, baseball, he doesn't give a biography. A guy hits a home run. He doesn't say, you know, he's from St. Louis, Missouri, and his mother ran an elementary school. He says he was looking for such and such a pitch. The pitcher should have known he was looking for it, and he came down the middle anyway. That was a mistake. He's always analyzing. These guys, the football guys, are always filling up space. Mm -hmm. And you know when they give the biography, they don't know all that stuff. The producer gives them a paragraph and he reads it, says, yeah, you know, and he did this. And, and his mother was a nurse and all, all of that stuff. It, Iggy, it, it's very frustrating to me. And usually now that I'm no longer in the business, I generally watch games with the sound off because I don't want to hear 22 biographies. One night, I want to hear on defense, this is what they're trying to do. Is it the right thing to do? Can they do it and or not? And why? I need help from a specialist to tell me that. Or yeah. they're running these kind of routes. Are they good routes for the quarterback or yeah. not? What should they do instead? Isn't that what an analyst does as opposed to give me biographies? I could read a biography of Mozart if I want. I don't need this guy telling me about Mozart. I, when I was a kid, uh, for uh, it was PS193, I had to read a, a, a biography of Mozart. Iggy, I didn't know who Mozart was. I thought he was a ball player. <laughs> what position does he play? <laughs> what position? When, when when they do the biographies, it's like autopilot. Like, I don't want to think about this game. I don't want to actually have to try to analyze anything. I'm just going to tell me. I'm just going to say what they told me to say. And also, it's yeah. always, like, too positive. So all of a sudden, it'll be third quarter, and Oren Burks will make a tackle for the first time in a game. and be like, oh, man, Oren Burks, third-round pick. He, you know, he was with the Packers, but you know, the Niners brought him over here, and they play a different scheme, and he's really flourished in their scheme. Like, no, he, he hasn't. He's just a guy who made one tackle today that's right what are you talking about so i i of all the announcers of the different sports i i don't count hockey because i don't pay attention <sighs> football is by far the worst and yeah. i'm going to use a very hard uh adjective the most idiotic yeah the most idiotic either you're getting biographies or jargon yeah bubble screen big tight end Bub bubble screen the b gap the c gap i mean what what English? English. Give me English. Do you speak it? English. And here, here's the thing. You have Aikman, who is capable of analyzing. He did a great job with Wilkes. He was a he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Kruko sees the game through the pitcher's point of view because Kruko was a pitcher. So he says the count is two and two. There's a man on second. This is the considerations that the pitcher and catcher have for the next yeah. pitch. He could throw come in or he could do, a, you know, a, a curveball that, you know, toward the outside. And these are the reasons why. So he's analyzing the game as it unfolds. As it's happening. Yeah. As it's happening. And he's not giving you biographies. Whereas these football guys, 
They don't. Here's Aikman, who should be saying the quarterback wants to do this. Look at the defense. Can he do it? Maybe he has to change. Why doesn't Troy? They're paying him enough. Why doesn't he you know do that? He done? You know what he could have done on that third and six with 16 seconds left. He could have anticipated it. Like, okay, in this situation. Vikings have no timeouts left. They're on their side of the field. The Niners should really play some kind of a prevent defense, keep it in front of them, don't give up a long play. But he didn't. He was probably given nope. a biography from the previous play. Then it happens, and after the fact, Troy's like, you know what? That was un unusual. That was irregular. Let me explain it after the fact. Like, Kruko could do that as it's happening. And he would nice. anticipate it. That's why he's yeah. better. He would anticipate it. He's the yeah. best analyst of a sport, any sport that I've ever run across. Because he's he's thinking along with the pitcher. Aikman should be thinking along with the quarterback. It'd be nice if you could get analysts who would sort of think along with the chess match that's going on between the two play callers or the four play callers. That would Wouldn't be Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love that? I feel like At Tony Romo tried to do that originally, but then he just sort of became a caricature of himself, and now he just kind of makes noises. He's sort of like a personality, right? He's a personality. Yeah. He's a personality, but I, I, I don't tune into him for personality. I'm not wild about his personality. I actually wish he would do some work. Yeah, work is some good. Work, work is work good. is good. Work is yeah. good. Bang Bang says, uh, I don't know if I believe in football karma, but man, treating people right would go far. Definitely know a few people smiling after last night. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Treating people right, fair enough. Gavin and Things says, to the best show on the internet. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Zareb Raja says, it, he's a new member. Fish and Chips, LOL Wolfgang, LOL Wolfgang at shortstop, show pan at the plate. <laughs> thank you. That made my day. All right. That's what we got. That's all we got. That's our show. Nine oh, five and two, but we're undefeated, Dad. Me and you, batting a thousand. I'm pretty defeated. I tell you guys, uh, thank you. I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep the rest of the day. But Iggy, I really enjoyed this show. And everybody, thank you so much for uh, listening to our thoughts about the 49ers. Thanks for watching, everyone. Dad, I love you. I love you, son. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.